Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. God requires a man to die as a sacrifice. I am that sacrifice. This flesh is what I will sacrifice. The bread that I give will be my flesh. Just as in the sacrifices on the altar, the priests take of the meat the given on the altar, they take their portion and they consume it. She's saying, this is the flesh. I am the flesh. For the bread I give you will be my flesh. And I give, not just for you, I give this for the whole world. The Jews, therefore, start arguing among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? That is simply disgusting. He's talking cannibalism. Ah. Oh. And Jesus said to you, truly, truly, I say to you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man. Notice he didn't say the Son that the Father has sent here. He's talking Son of Man is a direct reference to one who inherits mankind. Uh, you know, you have... Peter, son of Jonah. In other words, you are the one who could inherit all that your father has. Amen? Jesus here is referencing his distinction as being the one who is the qualified inheritor of all mankind. He, up here he's talking about the Father sent me. You know, he who believes on the one the Father sent, etc. And now he says, unless you eat the flesh, unless you believe in the sacrifice to be offered of the one who is qualified to inherit all mankind and drink of his blood, you have no life in you. Okay, now they're going to get offended here. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I'll raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat, indeed. My flesh is truly meat. Jesus here is talking about the covenant elements. Amen. He's saying, enter into covenant with me. At the last, not last supper, at the Passover supper, the families get there, they roast this lamb. And they partake of this lamb. They eat the flesh of the lamb that is offered in sacrifice for the family. They drink wine in the place of blood. Amen? And Jesus is saying here, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood and dwell in me, I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, he shall live by me. 
He's talking here. Enter into this covenant. He's taking them step by step. They followed him. How'd you get here? And he says, you, you didn't follow me because you know who I am. I'm back over here now, verse 26, 27. You didn't follow me all the way over here because you know who I am. You followed me because you're hungry. Because you've seen me feed you before with just a little bit. You want me to feed you again. I'm telling you, unless you know who I really am, you have no life in you. And they said, well, what works can we do then that we can be blessed by God? What works can we do to make God happy? And he said, believe on who God sent. And they said, well, you know, Moses gave us bread from heaven. And Jesus said, Moses didn't make that bread. God sent it down to take care of the life of those whom he sent it to. He goes, I'm the true bread from heaven. Since you're talking about bread coming down from heaven, I'm the true bread from heaven. And nobody can recognize that unless God draws them to him by the Spirit, by revelation of the Spirit. And if you're drawn to me, that's because God has revealed it to you. But if none of this makes sense, it's because God didn't reveal this to you. You're just coming to me because you're hungry. And he goes on and says, I'm the true bread of life. He who comes to me, I will no wise cast out. I will not lose them. If you believe on me, that's all you need. And I'll take care of you. That's what he's saying. And they said, how can you say that? We know who you are. We know who your parents are. You ain't nothing but a carpenter's boy. No, they didn't even call him a carpenter. He said, you're nothing but a carpenter's boy. We know who you are. How can you, how can you talk like this? And he says, if you've seen God, if you have heard the scriptures and studied the scriptures and you know who God is even though you've never seen him then you must also recognize the one whom God in the scriptures says he will send for he's saying here that I have fulfilled all the scriptures about the Messiah you should recognize who I am God the Father sent me from heaven and you have to recognize that. You have to come to me by recognizing that. But you can't come unless God draws you. It says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Because Jesus and the Father are one. He who's seen me has seen the Father. He who sees me has seen God. And if you believe on me, if you believe what I'm telling you, you have eternal life. He goes, your father ate this manna that you're so desiring. Your, fa- your, your fathers ate this manna out in the wilderness, but they all died. Because that bread didn't give eternal life, it just gave sustaining life. But I'm the true bread that came down from heaven. And whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives forever. And they were getting offended at that. In verse 59, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is, this is a hard saying. Now, this is the point I want to get to. The disciples heard this, not the 12 apostles. The disciples. We know there's at least 70 of them, because a few pages back, you can study about how he sent the 70 out. And now this crowd of 5,000 is following him. Amen. Not all of them are disciples. 
At least the 70 are disciples. But there's probably close to a couple hundred anyway. Remember, the disciple is nothing more than a follower of Jesus. People who are being tutored by Jesus. Jesus continuously taught His disciples. Amen. And here, it says, These things He said in the synagogue Capernaum, and many of His disciples, when they heard it, so he's still teaching his disciples. And when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand this? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples, that his followers, that his apprentices were murmuring about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Are you offended by what I just taught? Are you offended by the rationalization that I gave to you that true bread comes from God and I am that bread of life. True bread from God will give you eternal life and I am that bread that you must understand and accept my flesh sacrifice that will be given for all of mankind and you must, just as you would eat part of the lamb that was roasted and sacrificed for your... Back up. Part of the lamb that was sacrificed and spilled his blood for the sins of your family, and then you roasted it and ate of it, you have to eat my flesh. You have to understand you need to partake of my sacrifice of this flesh body and drink in covenant with this blood. Does that offend you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascend up to where he came from or where he was before? What if you could see this one that was sent by God to offer his flesh and his blood. What if you could see that man, that person, the Messiah you're waiting for ascend up to heaven? Would that impress you? Would that prove to you what I'm saying is true? It's the spirit that gives life. Not flesh. Not bread. It's the spirit that gives life. Flesh profits nothing. This body means absolutely nothing to me, Jesus said. This body is simply where I'm living at right now. This body has been designed to be offered as a sacrifice for you. This body will die. And this body is what gives me the right to die in your place. And you have to accept that. You have to understand that this flesh is what is going to be offered. And just as you would eat the flesh of that lamb that is roasted, you need to, he's not saying you need to consume my body. He's saying you need to accept that sacrifice. You accepted the lamb dying in your place. And as you consume that flesh, you understand that you are entering into covenant with God for God accepted that covenant of having that lamb die in your place and you partake of that bread and that flesh and you partake of the wine representing the blood of the sacrifice. You partake of that believing God honors that. You need to do the same thing with my sacrifice. The words I speak to you, verse 63, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that did not believe. And he also knew who would betray him. And he said, 
That's why I said to you, verse 65, no man can come to me except it, the Spirit of God, were given to him by my Father. No man can come to me unless the Spirit draws him to me, the Spirit of the Father. When you recognize and you hear the Spirit drawing you to Jesus, you, you begin to see in the, the Scriptures, you know, after Jesus rose from the dead, He walked with two men on the road to a menace. He did not reveal Himself to them. They were questioning one another. He was just kind of walking along with them. You've done that, going through the grocery store where someone's more or less following you through the store. They're just walking along, you know, and you're, or you're following them. You're listening to their conversation. And Jesus said, who is this you're talking about? I said, are you a stranger to town? You didn't hear what happened to this guy named Jesus? He goes, tell me about him. And then it says he expounded on the scriptures about himself to them. He went through the Old Testament. Talking about, well, doesn't the Messiah say that, you know, he comes from Egypt? Yeah, didn't this guy, his parents took him to Egypt and then came back, so he came from Egypt. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And didn't this guy say that, you know, he'd do this, that, and the other thing? Yeah, and did he do it? Yeah, yeah, okay, wow. Yeah. And didn't he say he had to die and sacrifice for the people as a representative sacrifice, just like you'd offer the lamb? Well, yeah. And didn't he do that? Yeah. So why does it surprise you that he'd rise from the dead? Didn't he say he would rise from the dead? Yeah, he did. Well, you know, and then by that time they're at their own house and they said, Don't go nowhere. Come on, man, we're having a good conversation. Come on in here. And as he broke bread, they realized who he was and then instantly disappeared from their midst. And they ran back, told the other disciples, and boop, Jesus is there. All right? The Spirit is what draws men to believe in Christ. If someone can believe with head knowledge, but not heart knowledge, and it doesn't do them any good. Amen? They have to believe with the heart. That's why he says, unless that spirit were given to him by my Father, no man can come to me. And from that time, verse 66, where we started our study today, many of his disciples went back and would walk with him no more. From that saying, from that saying, that I'm the flesh offered in sacrifice, and you need to enter into this covenant and believe on me. From that saying, many disciples refused to believe. Many of his apprentices that were being taught the ways of God and how to live according to the power of the kingdom of God operating on this earth in this worldly environment refused to believe and left. Now, in today's society, if you know the pastor was preaching this in a church service and half of the congregation said, ah, we ain't sitting for this, and get up and start to walk out, I would venture to say a good majority of the pastors and preachers would start backtracking. Well, wait a minute, you're taking what I said out of context. Let me sit down and explain it to you. Yeah, they start trying to get people back. Jesus watched everyone walk away. Many, not all of them, many walked away and would not walk anymore with him. Remember, 
he as he traveled, he was walking, and they would walk with him. Because he's teaching them how to do the same works he does and even greater works. But when they left, Jesus just got done saying. Verse 65. That's why I said to you, no man can come to me unless the Spirit of God draws them to me and you recognize who I really am. And they walked away because they didn't recognize who he really was. And then verse 67. I love verse 67. Jesus turned to the twelve, his closest disciples. Not yet apostles. They're still disciples. They're still apprentices in all of this. The day will come when he makes them apostles. Gives them that promotion. But right now, they're just disciples. And Jesus turns to them and says, Will you also go away? In other words, are you going to leave too? Because it didn't matter to Jesus. Okay? He said, no man, no man can come to me unless the Father draws them to me. No man can believe who I am unless the Spirit of the Father shows them in the Scriptures who I really am. So are you going to leave too? Because I'll just find 12 more. And Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom should we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and we are sure. We're positive that you are that Christ. You and Christ is simply a Greek translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. We believe and we're sure you are the Messiah that we've been waiting for. You are the Son of the living God. And I just see a smile break out on Jesus' face. It says, haven't I chosen you twelve? Is this, isn't this why I picked you twelve? Because you recognize who I really am. And then while he's smiling, he still says, and even one of you is demon-possessed right now. And he's speaking about Judas Iscariot. He says, didn't I choose you twelve because you recognized who I am? But yet even one of you is demon-possessed. And I know it. And I know that had to be like an ice pit going through Judas's heart. But Jesus still loved on him. You see, you can run as far as you want away from God, rejecting Jesus and all that he has to offer, which is eternal life. You can run, but you can't hide. You can put on all of the facade of being a Christian and not really be a believer. You can go to church and punch that ticket every Sunday. You can say your amens. You could put on the show of being a believer. But Jesus sees the heart. He knows who's his and who's not. And if you're not belonging to Jesus, if you're not a follower and a studier, a disciple, Jesus knows it, but he loves you just as much as he does his closest followers. Jesus loves you so much 
that he still wants to reveal himself to you. If you turn over to John chapter 3, verse 16, the Father loves you still. He loves you so much, even if you are the worst sinner that you think is possible. You could be a drug addict, a womanizer, you could be gay or lesbian, you could be a murderer sitting on death row, you could be a murderer who has gotten away with it. You could be a thief. You could be a corrupt politician selling your soul and your vote for money and gifts. You could be a preacher in the pulpit who's doing it for the money and not for the love. You could be as evil and as vile and as great a sinner as the devil had ever raised up. You could be a disciple of the devil, a follower of the devil, an apprentice of hell. And Jesus still loves you. Verse 16 in John chapter 3, God so loved the world. He loved every person being born into the world. God the Father has that kind of... God is love. In Him is complete love. And He loved you so much that 2,000 years ago He gave His one and only begotten Son. He gave His Son to be the sacrifice, the sin sacrifice required for mankind. God knew what sins you were living in and are living in. God knew what sins you would commit. There is no sin under heaven that God doesn't know about. None. It doesn't matter what you have done. The blood of Jesus is more than enough to wipe it out of existence. Elsewhere it's taught in the scriptures that the blood washes everything away, that you appear as white as snow in the eyes of God. No sin is so great. Nothing you have ever done is so great that Jesus cannot redeem you from it. He suffered on that cross for you. He died as the sacrifice, putting his flesh on the altar of God, spilling his blood on the altar of God, and sacrifice for all of mankind. What's one of the last things that he prayed? Father, do not commit this sin to their charge. They do not know what they are doing. He prayed for those who was nailing him to that cross. They don't know what they're doing. Those that raised their voice up in condemnation. Those who just a few days before were praising him. Hailing him, Hosanna, son of David. And then 
Pilate said, what do you want me to do with him? Crucify him! The same people who were just praising him. And Jesus said, don't commit this sin to their charge. They don't know what they're doing. And he died on that cross in your place. He offered his flesh body for you. It's impossible for you to eat the flesh body of Jesus, but you can still partake of the spirit of his sacrifice. You, it's impossible for you to consume the blood. He's not talking there about the physical blood. He's talking about consuming the spirit. For life is in the blood. He gave his life for you. He shed his blood. The life is in the blood. He shed that blood for you. He's saying partake of that life. Partake in this world of the offering that he gave for you. And over in 3.16, John 3.16, Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This offers for you today. Jesus is making this offer for you. Are you going to be like the majority of the disciples and say, I can't do that? Or are you going to be like the twelve who said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and are sure you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Pray this prayer with me if you never accepted Jesus as your Lord. Father God, we thank you. I thank you right now for saving me, for loving me in my sin so much that you gave Jesus to pay the price of that sin so I wouldn't have to. Jesus, I thank you that through your flesh that was offered on that sacrifice, I find the bread of life. That through your blood that was shed for me for the forgiveness of my sins, I find the spirit of life. And I take that life for my own. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died for me. And you said that's all it takes is to believe that you died and in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, to believe that God the Father honored your sacrifice and raised you from the dead. For if he raised you from the dead, I have the promise he'll raise me as well. I believe I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus, righteous in the eyes of the Father. This belongs to me, and I stand on that confession. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you prayed that prayer, will you do me a favor? Email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org and let us know. We want to rejoice with you in that. We rejoice over every person who comes to know the Lord through these broadcasts. we got some free gifts we want to send out to you. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Glory to God. It was good. Till next time, this is Pastor Robert Tibbett reminding you, God loves you. We love you. 
and greater is he who's in you than he that's in this world. And be blessed. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.